Good morning, happy Saturday, and welcome to the Daily Bible Wrap-Up. A little late getting started this morning. It is 7.23 on my clock, Central Time. Normally, this goes out by 7.15, so I'm doing this live. We do that occasionally. We start out today, we are with our readings, reading plan. We're in Psalm 78, 1 through 8. Now, this psalm is about teaching the children about the power, the mighty wonders, and the glorious deeds of the Lord. In this way, it will be handed down from generation to generation. And as traditions and stories typically are, remember, sometimes the Psalms are songs and that they're sung that way and the words are remembered because it's easier to remember in song. Go over to the New Testament. We are in Acts 16. Now, Paul meets Timothy. Of course, Timothy becomes a important figure in the New Testament later on, but he meets Timothy at Lystra. Timothy is a Greek father and a Jewish mother. Paul wanted Timothy, who's a young disciple, to join Paul and Silas on their journey. And, and so he had Timothy circumcised this too for out of respect for the Jews in the area because they knew that Timothy came from mixed heritage I guess would be my would be my assumption now their travel was dictated by the Holy Spirit it seems that um, in some areas they were prevented by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word and uh, and it, that's kind of interesting because uh, we can take that to today where we certainly have um, times when it seems like that we're prevented from talking about our faith. And in that sense, we do what Paul did and Silas did, then Timothy did. They They went on, you know, shaking the dust off the feet, moving on to those who will actually have an interest in hearing the message. Now, they're at the seaport of Tros, T-R-O-S, Tros, Tros. Well, anyway, while there, Paul had a vision which led him to Macedonia. The vision was basically that, hey, you must go to Macedonia. They need help. It's a pretty, pretty straightforward vision, I guess. Um, and, and then really the whole chapter, the whole reading for today is more or less just an accounting of like their journey and you could probably follow it better on a map and they end up staying overnight at the, um, house of a new believer. And that's where we'll pick up that story tomorrow. Now in first Kings 12, 25, 33, the divided kingdom, um, establishment continues Now Jeroboam chose Shechem as his capital. Now he made two gold calves. I know what you're thinking. Kind of had a problem with gold calves before in their history. Well, um, the reason why he did this is because he, he wanted to discourage his people from going to Jerusalem to worship because he thought that if they did, then they would become loyal to Rehoboam. And so he figured, well, I'm going to do these two cows and that way they can worship here. And I'm going to create all these new religious rules. He's basically 
creating his own religion. And as you can imagine, he's doing this to because he hoped to solidify his hold on the people. Again, he he wants to prevent people from going to Judah to go and go into Jerusalem to to worship. But as you can imagine, God's not happy with this. And we pick this up in First Kings thirteen, where a man of God denounces Jeroboam for this. And the king orders the prophets seized, but as he's, I guess, ordering instantly, his hand is paralyzed. And and I guess maybe he can't make it so. He can't do the hand gesture or something like that. Well, um, at that point in time, the altar cracked and the ashes poured out. So this is the altar that, that Jeroboam built for his new worship practices and the the man of God, basically, as part of his denouncing Jeroboam, said, you know, your altar is going to split and ashes are going to come out, which is what happened. And so I guess that that convinced Jeroboam. And the king asked the man of God to ask God to restore his hand, which he did. But the man, the man of God would not eat with Jeroboam and left. And 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 I got a little confused going through this story, but I think towards the end, I think I understand the reason for it. So anyway, the man of God left. Another prophet heard of this, an older prophet, and and went after him, convincing through a lie that the man of God actually should eat with him. So the man of God and the old prophet came back, and they ate together. And then the the old prophet said, "Aha." You weren't supposed to do this. This is against what the Lord has said. That was a bad thing to do. And he sends the man of God back on his way. And after the man of God went on his way, he got attacked by a lion, immediately killed. So far, this story is difficult to follow, I know, because now the old prophet goes out and retrieves the body because apparently the lion hadn't eaten it. The donkey was still there. Very convenient, I guess. Brings the body back, mourns over the body and says that he wants to be, he tells his sons that he, he, the old prophet, wants to be buried when he dies, obviously, um, next to the man of God. Now, you kind of like thinking, where did this story come from? But I think that it's there to illustrate the splitting of the kingdom and all that. Because because right after this, um, the text then continues. But even after this, Jeroboam did not turn from his evil ways. So I'm guessing that that this represented the split kingdom and the, the disaster that will happen for going against God's word. That's the man of God there who died. But it's still a difficult story for me. Anyway, we go we go, go past that now. We're in 1 Kings 14. Jeroboam's son becomes sick. So Jeroboam asks his wife to disguise herself and go to the prophet Ahijah at Shiloh. And I guess that he asked her to go covertly, and I guess that that he did that because he figured, well, nobody's going to help me because, you know, I basically went against God. 
no prophet, no healer, no nothing's going to help me. But uh, Ah Ahijah, who was blind and old, uh, was warned by the Lord that this would happen. That that basically exactly what happened would happen. That Jeroboam would would try to disguise his wife to to get help in a covert way, and that this is going to work out. And so um, Ahijah uh, calls. Um, tells tells the wife hey i understand why you're here you're not going to fool me but I'm, i've got a message for you to bring back to the king which is a message from the lord quote it's a longer message but the 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 meat and bones of it is in this quote since you have turned your back on me i will bring disaster to your dynasty yeah for me that personally that's a again kind of an important point that if you turn your back on god you are inviting disaster for your dynasty or your life a lesson i think that is learned daily or reminded daily anyway um the child by the way ended up dying anyway so um no healing child died um and then Jeroboam ended up ruling 22 years. So I don't know when this story happened during those 22 years. It could have been in the beginning of the rule or at the end of the rule or somewhere in between, but he ruled 22 years. And then his son Nadab became king. And that's where we end it for today. My hope and my prayer for you is that today you walk by the Spirit and we'll see you tomorrow.